Hello again. Hello again. Um, welcome again to another segment of our Bible study. I'm glad uh, you made it today. As you notice, I'm wearing a scarf today because it's pretty cold right now in, in uh, here in uh, in SoCal. It's like 45 degrees. I know some of you that's just like whatever. It's not even that cold, right? And You know, I've seen temperatures in the east right now, and I know this is nothing compared to that, but still, I'm really cold. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's let's pray before we start. Father, thank you, Lord, for for um, another session of Bible study with everybody. Please bless our Bible study today, Lord God. Please use me as an instrument of Your Word, Father God. I pray that You guide me, Lord Holy Spirit. I ask that that. Uh, Every word that comes out of my mouth, let let them be yours and not mine alone. Jesus, help us to be to be more and more like you every day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Okay, so we're going to be looking today. We're going to be looking at, um, excuse me, Matthew twenty six, thirty one to fifty six. So we ended last time with, let me see. I think we were right before that. Yeah, we ended with verse 30, the last Bible study session. My dogs are barking. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, so verse 31, Jesus predicts Peter's uh, denial. So we're going to be reading verse 31. So again, that's Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 to 56. And excuse my dogs, they're, you know, they bark every time somebody shows up. Um, Verse 31, so I'm reading from the NIV version, and it says, uh, Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Verse 36, then Jesus went with the disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Then, when he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? 
Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd, armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once, going at once to Jesus, Judas said, "Excuse me, greetings, Rabbi," and kissed him. Jesus replied, "Do what you came for, friend." Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. "Put your sword back in its place," Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then will the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, "Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me." But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets must be might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. So let's try to break it down a、uh, verse by verse, starting with verse thirty-one. Jesus told them, "This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written." So this very night. So remember, they were having the Passover meal, right? So what Jesus is saying is after the Passover, so most likely around nine p.m. ish. And so he says, "You will fall away on account of me, for it is written." Now he is quoting from Zechariah thirteen seven, and he continues, "I will strike the shepherd." And the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Now look at this. Even though Jesus tells them that you will all fall away, basically they will all run. You know, they will all flee. That's what Jesus was saying. They will all flee. Even though Jesus said, told them you will all flee, but Jesus still comforts them. Even though you guys will do that, I'm still going to come back to you. And not only will I come back to you, I will go. I will even go ahead of you, just like a shepherd is to his flock. Okay, so you see the heart of Jesus. Even though they're going to run away later on, you know, and and desert him, he will still come back and and even go ahead of them, just like a shepherd is to his flock. And so, jump down to verse thirty-four. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, "This is this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times." So, what's happening here is、um, Peter. So, okay, wait, go back. I have I have to go backtrack. Thirty-two. But have, after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Verse thirty-three. Peter replied, "Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will." So, here, when when Peter said all, he's not. Talking about like people in general, like everybody, he's comparing himself with the twelve. He's saying even if these guys fall away, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna fall away. So when Jesus tells them that you'll all fall away, Peter all of a sudden, you know, gets really defensive and goes, "No, I'm not. Even if they fall away, I'm not gonna fall away." So there's a little bit of like you know, kind of pride, and you know, Peter has this.、Uh, we've I think we've talked about. 
you know, some of the disciples' personalities, they have different types of personalities, all of them, you know, uh, very, very colorful. And, you know, a lot of them we can relate. And I think that's why Jesus, you know, part of the reason why Jesus chose them was because, you know, at least we could see, you know, we kind of relate with, you know, with any one of them. So, Peter, Peter's type of personality is like, you know, he likes to, you know, speak his mind, you know, he's very enthusiastic of things, you know, to a point where sometimes a little extreme, you know, he doesn't think before he speaks, he doesn't think before, you know, he, he moves, you know, for example, in, uh, uh, you know, the storm, when he saw Jesus, you know, he, he jumps out of the boat, I mean, he tells Jesus, if it's you, you know, let me come towards you, he jumps out of the boat. And then remember that time when um, Moses, Jesus, uh, uh, G- there was Jesus and Moses and, and uh, 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 everybody else. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden Peter was like, oh, wait, let's make a, you know, this and that. And he just starts blabbing. You know, so that's that's Peter's personality. So here, here, here goes Peter again trying to, you know, just thinking before he speaks. And that's kind of how, how we are too sometimes, right? I mean, you know, before we judge Peter... Okay, before we even judge the disciples and Peter, you know, let's let's look at ourselves too. I mean, aren't we like that sometimes? I mean, look at this. Peter goes, I will never, you know, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And so Jesus corrects him. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So what Jesus was saying was, you know, not only will you flee, you actually will deny me three times, three times before the rooster crows. So here, when, when Jesus said before the rooster crows, this is um, uh, most likely referring to the third of the Roman watch. So there's there's four, okay? One is, um, one is evening, one is midnight, and then the rooster crows, and then it's dawn. So those are the four Roman watches, okay? And um, so Jesus corrects him, you know. Peter's got this, like, little, you know, kind of pride going on in him. And, you know, Jesus trying to deal with that by telling him, no, you you will disown me three times. And then look at this. You know, Peter, it's not like Peter didn't know who, you know, who Jesus was. Peter Peter knew who, who Jesus was. And look at this. Let me, let me show you a verse here that's uh to make that point give me just a second here let me find that real quick okay so here so matthew 16 15 okay matthew 16 whoops what am i doing here matthew 15 verse 16 or is it sixteen fifteen? Sorry, Matthew sixteen, verse fifteen. Okay, here. So Jesus asked Peter. Okay, but what about you? He asked, "Who do you say I am?" And Simon Peter, Peter answered, "You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." So Peter knew who Jesus was. So now if Jesus says, you will fall away from me, then you should know better than just to say, than, than to go against what he's saying. If Jesus says, you will fall away from me, he is the son of God, that means you will fall away from him. But no, not Peter. So Peter's kind of like correcting Jesus. You know, Peter got all defensive, you know, like, no, no, you know, I'm not going to fall away from you. So, you know, Jesus seeing that, you know, pride, you know, corrects Peter. 
before the rooster crows, you will actually deny me three times. And then get this, Peter again insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And look at this, and all the, dis- the other disciples said the same. Talk is cheap. They said the same. They said the same. They said the same. Talk is cheap. It only matters when you actually do it. Talk is cheap. It only matters when you actually do it. Now, again, before we, before we judge these guys, let's look at ourselves. Don't we also sometimes overpromise and underdeliver? I mean, you know, let's take for example when we tell God, you know, Lord, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never gonna swear. I'm never, you know. I mean, really? Now somebody cuts you off, and then pew, there you go. You know, there goes your word. You know, so something that we need to work on. With God's strength, of course, right? Verse 36, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Now, Gethsemane means oil press, okay? Gethsemane is located at the bottom slope of the Mount of Olives. This is where people um, pressed olive oil, I mean olives to get olive oil. So basically the olives were crushed in this area. And it's kind of like a representation of Jesus as well, what, what Jesus went through when he was here. Jesus was crushed at, at uh, Gethsemane. Crushed meaning Jesus was crushed because of the agony that he went through. Jesus was crushed because of the betrayal of Judas. Jesus was crushed when the disciples fled. And can you, you know, it, it it's so sad just to imagine, just imagine Jesus there at the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, alone and, and you know, with the soldiers, you know, and the, just imagine him watching the disciples, you know, run away. Can you imagine that? Jesus standing there with the soldiers and with Judas there accusing him. He just betrayed him. And then all the disciples, you know, running away and him just looking. Can you imagine that? And then his agony inside knowing, you know, that, that you know, he's about to suffer, you know, greatly. And yet he did all of that for us. Man. And so jumping down to verse 37, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Now, Matthew here doesn't uh, mention who the two sons of Zebedee, but the two sons of Zebedee are James and John. And you, Jesus' inner circle is basically Peter, James, and John. And we see that in Mark 5.37. So let's go there really quick. Mark 5.37. So Mark 5.37. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So you'll, you'll, you'll see often that you know Jesus had that inner circle. Him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. So we know that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And here we see his human nature. So his strength to obey God comes from his relationship with him. Okay. His strength to obey God comes from his relationship 
with him. And that's the same thing with us, okay? We cannot obey 100%, okay? God knew that, but we draw strength to obey from our relationship with him. And that relationship means we spend time with him, we communicate with him, you know, through prayer and reading his word. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now, see here, Jesus was no... He was no mere martyr. No, he was not just some, you know, martyr like how we, you know, read, you know, uh, you know, history. You know, if you read people back then, oh, you know, he's a martyr. No, not Jesus. Jesus was no mere martyr. You know, he he was the Lamb of God. You know, bearing all sins, not just of some people, but all all of humanity. And let's look at Isaiah fifty three three. 53.3. Look at this. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Wow. Let's go back to our text. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here. Keep watch with me. Now, the word keep watch here in, in Greek, okay, because the New Testament was written in Greek, the Greek word that they use here for keep watch is gregorio, okay? That means to be awake, watchful, okay? The same word is used in Matthew twenty four forty two and Matthew twenty five thirteen. So let's go there. Matthew twenty four forty two. Matthew twenty four forty two. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. And then the other verse there uh, is Matthew twenty five thirteen. Again, Matthew twenty five thirteen. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So. In context, what it's saying is uh, basically be ready for the arrival of the Son of Man. Okay. Now, verse 39, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, this cup that Jesus is saying is a cup of suffering. Okay. Um, this reveals, you know, the terrible suffering physical suffering bearing all sin and separation from god which is a, a summary of the gospel we find that in second corinthians 5 21 let's go there second corinthians 5 21 second corinthians 5 21 god made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god so Instead of us, you know, dying, Jesus took our place, okay? Because it was supposed to be us, okay? God knew we could never keep it up, you know? So it was supposed to be us. But seeing that Jesus took our place so we don't have to, okay? That's like the, the most simplest way I could explain it, you know? It was supposed to be us, but God knew that. So Jesus took our place. He sent his only sons. Jesus took our place so it doesn't have to be us. 
And so here, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, Jesus is not rebelling against the Father's will here because in the end, he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, what does it take for us to say, not as I will, but as you will? I mean, that's easier said than done, right? I mean, yet Jesus did it, you know, and we are to be followers of Christ. We have to to um, to be be like him more and more every day and so how can we how can we just say lord not my will but your will be done how again we draw our strength of obeying him through our relationship with him that is how we obey him by having that relationship with him we draw our strength from that and so also look at this jesus never questioned god you know jesus didn't ask you know lord uh why you know why this why that you know he didn't he didn't ask he he didn't ask that and i think it's the same thing i mean we could we could learn from that you know when we when when god when we are doing god's will you know let's not question it let's just do it you know and besides if god answers you know sometimes when we ask him lord what's going to happen And then he actually tells us, I mean, a lot of us would probably chicken out and not do it, right? You know, we'd be like, whoa, okay, not going to do that, no. (laughs) But see here, look at this. Jesus knew, okay, Jesus knew what was going to happen to him. Okay, that's why he had that agony, okay? Yet, he still went for it. That's how much he loves us. That even though he knew what was going to happen, you know, and this was God's will, he's like, you know what, I'm going to do this, you know, and that's love. He took our place. And so when we go through trials, you know, trials and testing, you know, let's always think that, you know what, this is God's will, and I'm not going to question it, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to draw strength from him to obey. You know, let's do that. Easier said than done. Again, we can never do things in our own. We always need God's strength. So again, always hang on to him. I know I always do. Verse 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, here, watch and pray he didn't just say watch you know just watch watch like being alert you know he didn't just say watch he said watch and pray so you know they go together fall into temptation now um this is simply overcoming temptation well i shouldn't say simply right because this is not simple so it's overcoming temptation by praying and staying alert okay now in context what it's saying here it in this situation here, this is basically the the temptation here is to be unfaithful in facing threatening circumstances. You know that they're they're about to confront a threatening situation. So, the temptation is to become unfaithful when there is a threatening situation that confronts them or that will confront them. So that was the temptation, and, and we know what happens later on. They were confronted, and the disciples, you know, the disciples fled. Right, but even if it is not in that situation, you know, 
it, it still applies to us today. Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, that, that goes with, we all have, you know, challenges in life, right? And here, watch and pray is to be alert, okay? First of all, it's to be alert. And it, alert meaning you are aware of the possibilities of temptation, you know, the sensitivities to the subtleties, because we all know temptation just always, it doesn't always just go bam, it's right there, right? No, I mean, temptation is just like, you know, it starts with something little, you know, it it masquerades itself into like something little. It was just a look, you know, it's just a thought. It develops from that, then becomes something else, you know? So we need to be alert and watch out for that. At the same time, pray, you know. You know, when you're praying, you're spending time with the Lord, you know. When when we pray, we spend time with the Lord. And, and that's, again, that's where we draw our strength in spending time with Him. And so let's jump down to verse 45. Then He returned to the disciples and says, so, you know, they were sleeping again. Then Jesus woke him up. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. I love that sentence there. I like to apply that in my life, and I think you know you guys could do the same thing too. Verse 45, he said, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look. Veds, are you still sleeping and resting? Look. Stay alert. Watch out. Are you still sleeping and resting? Something we can ask ourselves. Verse 47, now Jesus gets arrested while he was still speaking. Judas, one of the 12. Now, Judas, here's something interesting, okay? In Greek, again, because the New Testament was written in Greek, okay? So the Greek word for Judas used here is ludas, L-O-U-D-A-S, okay? Now, the Greek word for for Jews is ludaios, L-O-U-D-A-I-O-S, okay? So the implication here, it's as if Judas was also a reputation, representation of the Jews and how, you know, Judas betrayed Jesus, the Jews betrayed Jesus as well when they gave him up telling, crucify him, crucify him, you know? So that's kind of the representation there. One of the 12, now, uh, Matthew here, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the 12, arrived. Now, Matthew could have just written, while he was still speaking, Judas arrived. But no, Matthew had to emphasize one of the 12. Why? He wanted to emphasize the 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 gravity of what Judas did. The, the He wanted to emphasize Judas's treachery. That's why. That's why he he mentioned one of the 12. With him was a large crowd of armed with swords and club. Now, with him was a large crowd armed. Now, here Matthew, Mark, and Luke did not mention soldiers, but John did, okay, in John 18.3. Let me show you that. John 18.3. So John 18.3. So Judas came to the garden guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. Okay, so um, it is believed that back then in the temple and uh, in the in the synagogues, you know, the religious leaders they had with them soldiers at their disposal. Okay, like religious soldiers at their disposal. 
Um, remember, they're like the religious police or, you know, whatever. So they have these guys that they can just, you know, uh, use at their at their service. So they bring those guys. OK, and you see here, uh, let me go back there. A large crowd with armed, a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priest. Verse 48, now the betrayer arranged a signal with them. It's not that they couldn't recognize who Jesus was. not like they didn't know who Jesus was. They knew. But the kiss was like, you know, a, uh, how do you, how do I say this? Like Judas agreed to be the formal accuser in case a trial was called. Okay. So uh, say, for example, I don't know how it is now in, in court, but, you know, I see this in the movies. So I've never actually been to a real, you know, trial um, where there's a prosecutor. Okay. But I see this in the movies. So, you know, there's a witness stand and then somebody's sitting there and then whoever's accused is sitting on the table. And so the lawyer asks the person in the witness stand, um, uh, who did this to you or whatever. And then the witness uh, response, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. And then the lawyer asked, is that person here today? And the witness goes, yes. And then the lawyer goes, uh, who is it? And then the witness has to point to the guy, the one being accused. Okay, so that's uh, someone who is formally accusing someone. And Judas here agreed to do that with a kiss. So that was the official sign that, that Judas uh, uh, gave them to tell them that, okay, Jesus is the guy. And so the one I kiss is the man, arrest him, 49, going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, rabbi. And I've mentioned this before, that Judas never mentions, never calls him Lord. Okay. Judas only always says rabbi, because to him, Jesus was just a teacher. He wasn't Messiah. He was, you know, just a teacher, just rabbi. Verse 50, Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Now here, the word friend here in Greek, okay, it's hetarios, okay? It's used also in Matthew 20, 13 and Matthew twenty two twelve. Let's take a look at that, Matthew 20, 13. Matthew 20, 13, but he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend, didn't you agree to work for a denarius? And then the other time they use that word, Greek word hetarius, is in Matthew twenty two twelve. Let's go there. Matthew twenty two twelve. He asked, "How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend?" The man was speechless. So here, the implication: is, the friend here is not a friend, friend like a friend, like a buddy. No. Here, the implication is someone who has, <coughs> excuse me, someone who has taken advantage of a privileged relationship. Okay, so that's what it means here. So it is someone who has taken advantage of a privileged relationship. It's not like your buddy-buddy friend, okay? In verse 51, with that, one of Jesus' companions now, Jesus' companions here in John 18, he na John names him uh, uh, Simon Peter. It was Peter, okay? It wasn't just, you know, Jesus' companion, random companion. It was Simon Peter. 
and John also names the high priest servant, you know, who got cut off with the ear, is Malchus. So, so Peter reached reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Okay, so here, uh, you know, different people have different views in this. You know, so uh, it, people are thinking, well, that's kind of random to just like you know aim for the ear it's it's kind of random right it's like okay i'm gonna fight and i'm gonna cut off your ear like right so some people are saying that um peter was actually aiming to like strike him on the head um sorry graphic but that he missed and so he just you know accidentally hit the ear instead of the head because he missed the head yeah possible and then another um uh probably uh possibility you know that people are saying was that um back then if you have a deformity or anything like that physically you cannot serve at the temple so peter wanted to um wanted to cut his earlobe just the lower part or well whatever the entire ear so that that person won't be able to to serve at the temple so eh, interesting 52, put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. So put your sword back here. Now see here, true disciples of Jesus do not seek to advance or impose God's will on others through violent means. Okay, again, let me say that again. True disciples of Jesus do not seek to advance or impose God's will on others through violent means. We don't force it on people. Okay, even if, to be honest, even if it's just words, you know, we don't impose God's will on other other people, even without even without swords, even just words. You know, I mean, words can pierce through, right? But um, forcing forcing them with with words like nonsense. I mean, you know, our job is to be we're we're messengers of Christ, right? Our job is to send them the message, tell them about Jesus. You know, it's not our job to to force them to change, you know, it's not our job to force them to convert. It's not our job to change people at all, you know. That's the Holy Spirit's job, you know. We let the Holy Spirit do his thing and and we have to do our thing, you know, by telling people about Jesus. That's our part. And so verse 50 uh 53 second part of that. So d- Jesus answered, "Do you think so he tells, you know, um Simon Peter put away the sword?" Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? So a legion of soldiers, okay, is 6,000. So 12 legions would make it 72,000, okay? In other words, a lot of angels, okay? So Jesus, you know, he had a lot of, you know, strong, powerful angels at his disposal. that He could just, if he wanted to, he could just, boom. But no, he didn't do that because this has to happen. He has to take our place. Again, because of all our sins, he had to take our place. And so he, verse 54, but how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? They say it must happen this way. So if you see here, you know, Peter was acting, you know, when he cut the guy's um, ear off, Peter was acting on what he saw was defeat. But he didn't know that that part that is happening that he saw was a defeat was actually needed for victory. 
that Jesus had to die in order to gain victory. So what he saw was a defeat. He didn't know that is part of what is needed for victory. So in our lives, what we may see as a defeat is actually needed for our victory. You know, in Christ, whatever you go through in life, when you're in Christ, you're always going to be a winner. You're winning. Hashtag winning. (laughs) So whatever you're going through right now, you know, you may see it as a defeat. It is not a defeat. You know, you know that saying, your test will someday be your testimony. You know, it's going to be part of your victory. You know, it's going to be needed for your victory. You know, maybe that's, you know, God's way of, you know, kind of sharpening you, you know. So Jesus demonstrated, whoops, I lost my bookmark there. Okay, Jesus demonstrated perfect commitment to his father's will. His kingdom will not be advanced with swords, but with faith and obedience. And so uh, moving on. So here, Matthew doesn't say that um, Jesus actually healed the servant, but Luke mentioned that in Luke twenty-two fifty-one. Let's go there. Luke twenty-two fifty-one. But Jesus answered, "No more of this." And he touched the man's ear and healed him. So then, fifty-five. Second part of 55. Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching. Jesus is talking here. And you did not arrest me. So here, um, they didn't arrest him during the day because they were afraid of the people. Okay, there were so many people. They were afraid of them. That's why they they didn't arrest him during the day. They arrested him at night. And so now... The final, the final verse, verse 56, but then this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. They didn't just desert him, they fled. I mean, what a sight. I mean, really, again, I can't imagine it, you know? I mean, the scene there, you know, how Jesus looked, you know? But then it wasn't a defeat. Yeah, he he knew this was all going to happen, but of course, you know, I can't help but think of his human nature, you know, and how he felt at that time, you know. But he did that all for us, you know. I mean, that's something for us to, to really, to really think on, you know, and to really be thankful for what he did for us, you know. Now, because of that, and later on, we're going to be studying, you know. Um, uh, in the coming weeks, you know, the crucifixion and, and, you know, everything that Jesus did for us, you know, it's a, it's a good time to just reflect on, wow, like what he really did for us, you know, what he went through, you know, and with that freedom, you know, you just want to maximize your life, you know, maximize it, you know, for his kingdom, knowing that, you know, it's, it's an inward, it's, it's an outward reaction to an inward change, you know, because of what he did for us, you know, and just, I just think about it and I'm like, you know what makes me really just want to maximize my life and tell people all about this freedom that I have in Christ, you know, that I don't have to, to, you know, die because of my sins, you know, die, you know, suffer, have that, you know, separation from God. That's not going to happen to me because of what Jesus did, you know, and, and that's just not in, in the day that, you know, I die physically, okay, and then I join 
um, Jesus in heaven, not just that, but in my everyday life now that I'm living, even though I stumble and fall once in a while, you know, I get to get up, you know, he gets to, you know, pick me up and tells me to, you know, keep going and just that peace and happiness and joy, you know, all of that because of this, because of what we're studying right now that he did for us, that he died on the cross for us. And, um, Anyway, back on uh, the notes that I have for you, you you have your notes there again in the description section of, of the video, just right below the video. There's a link there. Click that. That's the notes for today. I always have notes for you guys. So uh, take a look at that. Um, some of the pointers that um, takeaways that we have for today is number one, think before we speak and act. No, don't be as much like Peter and the rest of the disciples. You know, again, let's not judge them too much. We're like that. Uh, sometimes as well keep watch and pray okay no matter what go with god's plan jesus went with god's plan let's go with god's plan god has a greater purpose when we are going through tough times let's remember that and so also on your notes there i i put um a note number three jesus fulfillment of old testament prophecy so um, you'll find there a description of that, and then you'll have the New Testament references, and then um, the prophetic passage where you can find that in the Old Testament. You'll find that there as well. Um, if you look at your notes also on the very first one, for example, the description says the virgin birth. In New Testament reference, there is Matthew 1, 22 to 23. And the prophetic passage uh, for that is in Isaiah seven fourteen. Okay, so you can kind of just look at that. Now there's a there's a bracket there LXX. You know that stands uh, that's Latin for seventy. Uh, that's in reference to the Septuagint. Okay, so uh, the Septuagint again is the uh, Greek uh, translation of the Hebrew Bible because. Uh, during the time of Jesus, okay, obviously they didn't have the New Testament yet because it was still happening. So what they had was the Hebrew Bible. But since everyone was speaking Greek at that time, even though they were under the Roman rule, okay, everyone was speaking Greek because of the thing called Hellenization. When the Greek Empire took over, they basically taught everybody to speak Greek. They were they were basically living the Greek life, taught to live the Greek life, okay, so they were speaking Greek. Now, a lot of them were kind of born, you know, into the Greek life, and they didn't know much about, you know, the Hebrew language. So uh, what they did was they translated the Hebrew Bible into uh, into Greek. And what they did was they chose six um, six people from each of the 12 tribes of Israel to translate. So six times 12 is 72. So they just kind of rounded off that number into 70. And that's the Septuagint. Septuagint is the Greek for 70. Okay, so that's just a little background. All right, well then, uh, I think that wraps up for today. Uh, I hope you guys, you know, learned something uh, out, of our, out of our passage today. Let's, let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you for for uh, a wonderful time studying studying your word. Thank you, Lord God, for everything that you have taught us today. Father God, help us, Lord, to stay within your will. Help us to obey you, to follow your will. Help us not to be prideful, Lord God. Help us not to to uh, 
uh, to just act or or uh, speak ahead, uh, you know, before thinking. Lord God, help us to keep our promises to you. We can never do it on our own, Lord. Even if we say we'll promise we'll never do that again, we know we fall and we'll probably do it again. Father God, thank you for your grace, Lord God, when we make those mistakes. Thank you for your love and your mercy through Jesus Christ when, when we make those mistakes. I pray, Lord, for each and every person who's watching this video today, I pray that you bless them tremendously with your love and mercy lord god uh please always wrap them your your arms around them lord god let them know that even though if they make a mis mistake every day lord god that you still love them and you're 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 willing to work with them all because of what jesus done uh, did for us on the cross jesus help us to to be more and more like you every day we cannot do it on our own thank you so much for everything that you have done for us Please bless us this week, Lord God, and until next week, Lord God, until we study again, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to see you guys. Whoa, my hair is terrible there. See, I don't really look at myself when I'm recording. I'm like reading, you know, the Bible. So I'm not, but I just saw that. Whoa. Okay. I'll see you guys next week. Have a great week and God bless.